Well, after a wild weekend of racing, we have plenty to discuss this week as we had the Xfinity Series travel to Portland and the Truck Series and Cup Series battle it out at Gateway. We're going to discuss things such as Corey Heim getting his second career victory, as well as Carson Hosevar's big wreck at the end of the race. We'll also discuss Noah Gregson versus Ty Gibbs, the feud that just seems to simmer. And also discuss Ross Chastain versus just about everybody. And we have all this to discuss and more on this episode of Three Wide. So to kick things off on what was a rather entertaining race weekend, uh, more entertaining than what I was expecting it to be, you had the truck series at Gateway on Saturday, and you had Corey Heim and Zane Smith starting out things on row one. And when the checkered flag failed, you had Corey Heim getting his second career victory, followed by Christian Eckes in second and Chandler Smith in third. Stuart Friesen would finish in fourth, followed by Johnny Sauter with a solid top five finish. Matt Benedetto would finish in sixth, followed by Derek Krause in seventh. Ben Rhodes would finish in eighth. Zane Smith, ninth. And Chase Purdy would finish in tenth. And early on, it was uh, seemed to be a dominant day for Kyle Busch Motorsports in stage one. Corey Heim and Chandler Smith, they led every lap in stage one. And when the green checkered fell, Chandler Smith gets the stage win. Corey Heim second. John Hunter Nemechek third. However, their day would seem to fall off a, a cliff uh, pretty quickly in stage two, uh, even though it would be temporary, obviously, by that running order at the end of the race. John Hunter, he got knocked out of the race after losing it out of turn, coming out of turn four. Uh, this is a wreck. It collected several drivers. And kind of what we saw a weekend whenever there was an accident, he was running under Stuart Friesen uh, in turns three and four. He lost, lost the truck and, and spun around. And that was kind of where you would see the accidents happen a lot over the weekend at, at Gateway. It seems like, you know, drivers were easy to, to get loose and to lose, lose their vehicle while on the bottom trying to make a pass. Chandler Smith, later on in the race, he would get spun by Grant Enfinger. Uh, not anything intentional, but they were, Chandler Smith was leading. Grant Enfinger was trying to, to make the pass as they went into turn one and, and Grant really drove it into the inside of Chandler going into turn one. And like John Hunter, he just, it just stepped out on him and he went around. Both drivers would make some contact with the outside wall. Uh, but Chandler was ultimately able to recover for a third place finish, which really goes to show how strong a truck he had, you know, to have the rear end damage he did and to come back and finish in a solid third. I mean, there's no doubt he would have been up there contending for the win if he had been able to keep a clean truck. And when the incident happened, Chandler, he was not happy with his spotter at all. He had pretty much made a comment like, you know, hey, spotter, where you at when the wreck had happened? And luckily, he has a crew chief like Danny Stockman, who's a veteran of the series. He's won multiple races, you know, won a championship with Austin Dillon. He basically told his driver that, you know, he needed to get his composure back and focus on what's in front of him, you know, he didn't want to hear all that. And, you know, I, there wasn't a whole lot, I think, that the spotter could have done in this instant. Um, you know, Grant drove it in on the inside hard, and, and it was his truck was gone before, you know, anybody could do anything about it. Chandler was just kind of in a losing situation right there. But lucky for him, he was able to, to recover and get a good solid finish in third. And then you had Haley Deegan and Stuart Friesen mixing it up. Uh, coming to the end of stage two, Haley, trying to, who was in the top ten, trying to get 
however many points she could in the stage. She runs, you know, squeezes Stewart into the wall and was able to finish the stage in seventh. Stuart Friesen would go on to finish ninth. And after the stage, Friesen, he, he would show he was not happy. He would come up beside Haley, kind of run her down the track just to show his displeasure. But watching it, I, I mean, I was all I could think of was good for Haley Deegan. She has been, in my opinion, used up in the truck series. She's been running the wall plenty of times. You know, you, you know, it's just she's kind of got hadn't got a fair shake at it in, in the truck series. She doesn't have the finishes to show the talent that I believe she has. She's a very talented driver, and you know, she finally gets an opportunity running up there in the top ten to get some bonus points and decides to make the most of it and makes an aggressive move, which is what she was known for when she was running the K&N series. And I feel like this is a big step for her to show, kind of put her foot down and say, she's, you know, going to take what she can get out there on the track. You're not going to push me around. You know, I'm out here and I'm going to try and run the best that I can, which I think has been missing in, in most of her time in the truck series. But really what was the, the story of the day was Carson Hosevar at the end of the race. He uh, Coming to the checkered flag, he loses it in the corner and winds up getting hit pretty hard in the driver's side door, just you know, right there close to where the old con- contingency sponsors were in the truck in a very vulnerable spot for their vehicles. And, you know, it was... From there, he gets hit slightly yet again by the 45 truck. Two other trucks come to a rest right there where he is and would wind up getting taken out on a stretcher. He did give a thumbs up to the crowd. He was sitting up, so obviously awake and alert. The biggest concern for him, from what I've gathered, is uh, his leg or you know an ankle injury. Uh, there, ha- As of this moment, there hasn't been any more updates on his status. Uh, the last thing he put up, I believe, was yesterday – you know, they're still running tests on it, just trying to see what's what it is that's the problem, make sure everything's good. So, you know, there is a possibility he may miss this upcoming race at Sonoma. But, you know, just hopefully it's nothing, not a serious injury, and he's able to, you know, get back to racing because he's definitely had a, a, a great season, uh, but just has never been able to, to close out the win yet. And hopefully this isn't too big a, a setback for him in the grand scheme of things. Hope he's all right. But the the big talking point on Sunday morning was the safety crew response. There was, you know, video released where they were playing the in-car audio for Carson. And it's like as soon as his car came to a rest and the two trucks that were on the bottom of the turn came to a rest, he puts down his window net, which is the sign for, you know, to show safety crews, hey, I'm okay, I'm awake, I'm alert. Well, when the first safety truck pulls up, there's three workers that get out, and two of them go to one truck, and one of them goes to the other truck. And to me, there's no excuse for that. You you have three drivers involved in a crash. You have three safety workers. You know, that's one person at each truck. I mean, there's no reason for two guys to go to one vehicle. And especially with the hit Josevar took in the driver's side door, I would think he would be the one that they would be wanting to get to the quickest to just be sure that he is okay. There is no problems going on. And in the video, in the audio, you can hear him calling out, you know, for help. He's saying, help me. And, you know, obviously it, it probably wasn't loud enough for the safety crews to hear him. 
you know, trucks, they were still rolling by. So, so it was definitely hard to hear. And it took another safety crew pulling up before somebody got over there to him and, you know, asked what's going on. You all right? Can you get out of the truck? And he just keeps saying, you know, I need help. You got it. Y'all got to help me. And, and she real the safety worker, she realizes that she gets a, a stretcher over there, gets the, the medical attention that he needs. But it's NASCAR has been called on by fans, media members, and the, the drivers alike just to basically say, we got to review this. There was no reason for Carson to be sitting there as long as he was without, you know, somebody checking on him. So th- there was still the, the thing that, that really burns me up is the two safety workers going to one truck. That's just inexcusable, you know, somebody has to be telling these safety crews, you know, one person per vehicle. If you need help, call for it. If a driver's been hit in a driver's side door or has had a very hard hit, they're the ones you need to go to. You know, somebody needs to get to that one the quickest. So, obviously, some work needs to be done on that. Always room for improvement. And like I said, wishing... Carson, you know, a speedy recovery, whatever he's dealing with, and hope to see him back on the track very soon. So we had the Xfinity Series tackling a new track this year at Portland International Speedway in Portland, Oregon. And it was your typical Pacific Northwest weather at the track. It was a very rainy, dreary day. But you did have Anthony Alfredo and Austin Hill starting on row one. And before we dive into the race, your top 10 at the end of the day, you had A.J. Allmendinger getting the race win, followed by Matt Snyder, who finished second. You had Austin Hill in third and Josh Berry in fourth. You then had Justin Allgaier in fifth, Daniel Hemrick in sixth. Ty Gibbs, he would finish in seventh, followed by J.J. Yelly getting a solid top 10 finish in eighth. Noah Gregson, he would finish in ninth, and Alex LeBay would round out the top 10. So with the weather... We they had at the race it obviously you know cars spinning everywhere a lot a lot of problems with drivers trying to stay on track a lot of debris and cars leaking fluid it took three hours for the Xfinity series to complete seventy five laps at this track you had nine cautions surprisingly only one of them was called for wrecks uh, the rest of them were for you know cars leaking fluid or debris on the track with all the damage they had. So it, it was definitely a, a long race to sit back and watch, but it was entertaining to say the least watching it. It wasn't anything like the show we got at the Charlotte Roval a few years back with the monsoon there. It wasn't out of control like that, but it was still just just something to watch and see who, who could survive, who could mess up the least amount of times and come away with the win. Uh, coincidentally enough, you had, you know, the guy who had the most incidents on the day wound up taking the checkered flag. Uh, at the start of the race, half the field wasn't even in the pack. A lot of them had, had fallen back. I don't know if they were laying back just to avoid the rush they were expecting in that first sharp t- corner. You did have Anthony Alfredo, who was on the pole, and, and some others missed the first corner and have to cut through and, and take the penalty for stop and go before they continued. And you also, it, it was... Uh, Rough start for the race winner, A.J. Allmendinger. He, before the race, the crew would have to make, I think they said somewhere around 31 changes to the car. Pretty much one crew member said everything but the motor had been changed in the car. And not only that, then he goes off course during the pace laps. He has to come into pit road and 
gets service done on the first lap and winds up losing a lap in the in the scheme of things and he went off track just uh, several times throughout the race but he was able to keep up and take advantage of all the other drivers having trouble keep his car relatively clean as far as avoiding any major damage from other cars and was able to pass Matt Snyder after a late restart with just a handful of laps to go. And he came away with another road course win. Uh, you could tell, see the excitement of him. I didn't realize until after the race that it was where he had won a, a kart race back when he drove for the karts, Champ Car Series. Um, so that, that was kind of, you know, a good bookend for his time there. He won back in 2006. So it's been a good track to him, but he did have to overcome some adversity to get to that victory lane on Saturday. But the big storyline of the day for me anyway was uh, Noah Gregson versus Ty Gibbs. I've been saying throughout the the season, you know, even though Ty Gibbs has had his mix up with Sam Mayer and that's still going to be a rivalry to watch, you you can't overlook the fact that I think eventually him and Noah Gregson, they're going to tie up the, you know, something's going to have to give. Early on in the race, Ty, he looked to be the best car. He led a race high 42 laps. Um, But with a restart with seven to go in stage two, as they were going through the first couple sets of corners, you had Noah Gregson restarting right there with them. And they were really leaning on each other uh, for the the lead. Noah made some contact with Ty Gibbs, ran him wide in one of the corners for the lead. Ty did not appreciate that. And pretty much going to the next corner, he just seemingly seemed to, to dump him spin him out and Noah Gregson you know was not happy with that he he didn't retaliate on the track that I saw or anything that was you know major uh he later would tell the media after the race that you know everyone that you'll know when I get to it we'll get him back so I, I I think this is you know gonna be kind of the feud to watch it seems like it's just kind of at a simmer right now but as we as I've said before if we get in the playoffs that that water's gonna boil over and I think it could be a, a heck of a show between these two guys because they're the top two in the series right now. And, you know, if you run up front around each other enough, so, somebody's going to have enough and and it's going to get ugly real quick. And it seemed like Noah was still not too happy about it. <laughs> On Monday, he, he posted something to a Snapchat. Uh, we, you had Jess Awuji, uh, Jesse Awuji, uh, during one of the cautions at the race, seeming to try and get a, a wave around, get one of his laps back that he was down, and he picked a poor place to try and pass Ty Gibbs, who was the leader, try and get that, that lap back under caution. It was coming into one of the corners. He winds up cleaning out Ty Gibbs. Uh, nothing incidental or anything like that. Um, Jesse, he wound up getting penalized, having to, you know, penalized for two laps on pit road and then would have to meet with NASCAR after the race. And uh, like I said, it was nothing intentional. Uh, He put out a a statement after the race saying such that it was just his fault, his mess up. He heard a spotter say, you know, take the wave around and he just picked a poor spot to do it. But going to what happened on Monday with Noah Gregson posting on Snapchat, he apparently had made a a purchase on Jesse Wooji's store uh, he put up a receipt showing where he he had made a made a purchase, kind of making a, a little dig at Ty Gibbs and all that that happened under that caution because Ty was not happy with that move by Jesse, not wondering wanting to know why he made such a stupid move. Basically, in so many words, is what Ty said. 
And you also had Gibbs spin out after the Noah Gregson deal. He, he spun out Sheldon Creed while they were racing for the lead. And this was probably Sheldon's best race he had going. He had a fast car in practice, fast car in qualifying, and looked to be if he could keep it, you know, keep it clean, just keep, you know, moving forward, avoiding any trouble. He was going to be a contender for the win. He was running right up there with Gregson and Gibbs. Unfortunately, after that spin, that put him back in traffic, and he wound up getting caught up in a pretty big wreck on a restart and caused enough damage to where that would end his day. So kind of a what-might-have-been race for Sheldon. He's had an up-and-down season and is looking to be like he, he's going to need a win just to get himself into the playoffs. And he, he's not going to be too happy because it's his best shot he's had all season long so far. But we'll see what what happens in the coming weeks as we get closer and closer to that cutoff date. And then Mike Snyder, who got so close to a second career win, would finish second. He had a relatively clean day as far as clean days go at that track Saturday. You know, his car didn't look too beat up, n- nothing like he had been, you know, up against the wall or through the grass spinning out or made contact with any drivers. But he was able to get his first top five on the season which is big for him, definitely, you know, a you know, confidence booster for him and Jordan Anderson and his team. So we'll see what he can go to here coming into an off week, what he can build up for Nashville. But, you, you know, as great of a drive as it was for A.J. to get the win after all he had to overcome, it sure would have been pretty cool to see Mike Snyder get that second career win and get himself a playoff spot. But it wasn't meant to be uh, – AJ is just that good on these road courses, so he is always going to be a threat whenever they make trips to those. So now we move on to the Cup Series on Sunday, who are making their debut at Worldwide Technology Speedway. I believe I'm saying that right. Uh, basically, for old school fans at Gateway, uh, this was their first race at this track. Normally, it's been a race for the the Truck Series predominantly, but the Cup drivers would get their turn to to tackle the track. And on row one, you had Chase Briscoe and Austin Sendrick. This was Briscoe, his first career pole. And he looked to be strong at first after leading the first 27 laps. Ultimately, he would wind up getting a flat tire after that. And that would relegate him to a poorer finish than what he probably was looking at. Uh, He definitely, you know, while it was early in the race, looked to, you know, be a strong contender for a win. He had some good speed. But when the checkered flag fell, you had Joey Logano getting the win, followed by Kyle Busch in second. His brother, Kurt, finished in third, followed by Ryan Blaney in fourth. Eric Almirola would finish in fifth, followed by Martin Truex Jr. in sixth. Eric Jones would finish in seventh, followed by Ross Chastain in eighth. Christopher Bell would finish in ninth. And A.J. Allmendinger, he would round out his solid weekend with a top ten finish. And in the race, kind of like the Xfinity Series, it, it was... A lot of action on the track. Some drivers not too happy with one another, another, and that would be the predominant storyline for most of the race. You had Ross Chastain, you know, mainly mixing it up with two drivers in the field, Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. And it all started back on lap 66. You had Ross Chastain following, you know, Denny Hamlin into turn one and really looked like just kind of cleaning them out. Just spun them out at the track. Denny hits the wall is able to continue on in the race, but with all the repairs he had to make, they wound up going three laps down. And you knew Denny wasn't going to be happy about that, and you knew he was going to show that displeasure uh, the next time Chastain came around. And sure enough, later when when Ross is, you know, lapping Denny, 
Then he runs him all the way to the apron, almost to where the, the grass is. Ross had to make an evasive move up across the track to avoid going through the grass and possibly looking at a big incident. After that, NASCAR was sure to tell Denny, hey, you've made your point. Let it go. Move on. But it didn't end there. Denny didn't move on. He uh, would block Chastain again as Chastain was coming back around, going into turn one. And that seemed to be how Denny was going to get his payback for that day at least. He wasn't going to wreck him. He he wasn't going to beat and bang on him. He wasn't going to do anything to take himself out of the race necessarily where he forced NASCAR to make a call. He, you know, was mainly just playing mind games with Ross. He was, it seemed like he was just going to try and ruin his day in every way but wrecking him. Uh, anytime Chastain got close to him, Denny would block him, slow him down, run him up the track if he needed to, whatever he could do just to mess up his day. And then later on, you had a, another incident with Chastain with 40 laps to go, this time involving Chase Elliott. They had just taken a restart. They went into turns three and four, and you had Austin Dillon on the bottom and Chase on the outside. And there was a little hole there, and Ross decided he needed to fill it. He dove into the middle, and Austin, he kind of, you know, come up the track a little bit, squeezed Chastain into Chase, which was send Chase around. And not necessarily anything, you know, Ch Chastain didn't intentionally spin Chase is what I'm getting at, as you could watch in the replay. However, it, it was a very aggressive move for Ross that, at that stage in the race, especially with all that went on with Denny. Uh, and and the, what was the funniest part of the whole race weekend to me was the next restart. You know, Ross, he had to come in and, and do some repairs, so he was starting in the back, and just behind him was Chase, and just ahead of him was Denny. And I, I mean, I just sat back, propped my feet up because it was a matter of who was going to, you know, get the payback first. You you saw the writing on the wall. There was no way Ross was going to come out of this unscathed. You know, somebody was going to show their displeasure with him in some way. And it happened quick. They go into turns one and two and Chase gets into his uh, left rear corner and doesn't wreck him. But he knocks Chastain up the track, slows him down. Well, Denny decided to take advantage of this. And, you know, nearly side swipes Ross, but doesn't make contact with him. He just gets right back in front of him and goes back to that game he was doing earlier of just blocking him. Wherever Chastain was putting his car, Denny was going to put it there first. And you could even see Denny brake checking him, doing whatever he could to, to mess up his day. And it could have really been messed up because Ross, he was on the damaged vehicle policy clock. And if he hadn't have made minimum speed, that would have ended Chastain's day. I don't know if that was Denny's ultimate goal, if he even knew what was going on, or, you know, Denny was just simply trying to, to screw his day up. But it was fun to watch. I was laughing. It, it was, you know, so funny to see pretty much Chase and Denny gang up on a guy. I wouldn't have expected to see that. Um, but but it was it was very, very funny. Later on after the race, you had Denny talking to the media, uh, to Bob Pachress, and then he said, he, you know, basically alluded to, he's going to pay him back and payback will be meaningful and it'll be when Ross least expects it. Well, at this point, uh, Chastain's car owner, Justin Marks, decides to throw his hat in the ring and tweets to the video, basically says just two words, can't wait. 
To which point, then Denny, who is also active on social media, he replies, tells Justin he is not helping, and then says, you can keep stoking it if you like, but not sure if it will help the end resolve. And, you know, I'm kind of mixed on this, whether car owners should get involved. On one hand, I kind of love it because it does, you know, add to the drama, I guess, if you'll say, you know, what's going to happen next in this little, I want to call it a rivalry yet, but this incident you know, I, I think back to the, the stories always told when the, you had the rivalry between Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt, where Bodine was constantly getting wrecked, you know, by Earnhardt. And finally, Rick Hendrick had enough and told Jeff, you know, either you take care of it or he'll or I'll put somebody in the car that will take care of it. To which point, Jeff Bodine, he, you know, said, well, at that point, I had to take care of it. I wanted my ride. So it's, you know different different day and age but still to see an owner get on social media and mix it up with another car owner slash driver it is pretty intriguing whether this you know leads to anything more i as far as with justin marks i don't know denny i can just about guarantee he he's gonna be like you know like i project predict for you know ty gibbs in the xfinity series if anybody's gonna pay him back it's gonna be in the playoffs with Denny, you know, he's been in, in enough of these situations on both ends. He's going to know when the perfect time is to pay Ross back, when it's going to hurt Ross the most. And look, Ross, he's one of the top three drivers in the series right now. He is definitely a championship contender. But, you know, while you can win a lot with all these aggressive moves, if you do it too much, it's going to make you lose a lot, a lot more. And, you know, Mark, Justin Marks made the comment of, you know, basically the way Ross drives, it'll win him championships. And, you know, as of this moment, I have no doubt. He definitely seems like a championship winning driver. You know, he can get it done. But if you burn all these bridges, you know, before the halfway point in the season, you know, it's going to come back on you. You you know, these drivers, they're going to remember, especially when you're going up against drivers who are in the playoff as well. And if they get put in a situation where they have to win to advance and it's either you or them, they're going to, you know, drivers are selfish. They have to be. They're going to take, you know, take the most of that opportunity and knock Chastain out of the playoffs if they have to. So it probably will be in Chastain's best interest to crank it down on the aggressiveness a little bit. You know, that's Chastain's MO. He is an aggressive driver. I wouldn't call him a dirty driver yet. Uh, but he is definitely kind of an old school aggressive and I like it. It's fun to watch. It's nice to see for, you know, a change of pace. So, but, but for right now, I would think it'd be best to just be silent for the next few weeks, go out, just run your races, keep your car clean, you know, try and forget it and move on. So we'll, we'll see. He Chastain owned up to it after the race that he feels like he owes an apology to half the field. Um, whether that's genuine or not, I don't know. Only Ross does, but we'll see. It's, you know, right now I don't expect a lot to come of it, but once we get into those playoffs, all bets are off as to what could happen. So after this, this deal with Denny and Chastain, Denny, you know, swaps to owner mode after Ricky Stenhouse, he spins Daryl Wallace going into terms three before the end of stage two. And, you know, Stenhouse, he sent it hard into turns three behind Bubba. I mean, it looked like he just drove straight through, didn't even attempt 
to make a pass. I don't know if Bubba had done something to upset Stenhouse or not, but either way, it, it was a pretty apparent Stenhouse just was not going to break for him. But unfortunately, he did this right in front of Denny, and obviously Bubba drives for Denny. Denny's going to you know, take issue with that and showed his displeasure. He ran Stenhouse up the wall, up to the wall, uh, you know, they kind of swapped each other's bumpers a little bit, rode side by side, you know, throwing gestures, whatnot, uh, as you normally would see. So it was a very active race for Denny, for him to swap from driver mode to owner mode so quick. I I've, I've, haven't seen that before. That was pretty interesting to watch. But moving on to what was going on at the front of the field, you had Kyle Busch, Joey Logano battling hard for the win with just a handful of laps to go. Logano, he was seeming to close in on on Bush. It was just a matter of if he could get a good enough run off on the corners to catch him and to try to attempt to pass. But that would all pretty much be reset. You had Kevin Harvick. He had a hard hit into the turn three wall uh, with about four laps to go. It seemed like Harvick, he lost a brake rotor. Uh, you'd see as he goes into the corner, he hits the brakes and just black smoke just shoots out of the right front tire. And at that point, Harvick kind of cuts it across the track, just trying to scrub whatever speed he could before he, he hit the outside wall. And it was a solid hit. Um, you know, def- definitely a, a tough hit for Harvick. Um, he had had a decent race, clean race. And luckily, he was able to get out of the car and walk to the ambulance, go to the infield care center. So glad to see that he was all right after that wreck. And that would set up an overtime restart. And Kyle Busch, he would take the lead almost immediately. But as they go into turns three and four, he would, I don't know if he came in with too much momentum, just trying to get however much distance he could between himself and Logano. But he would wind up washing up the track in turn four. Logano would clear him at that point, And, you know, race was over from that point. Logano, he would come away with the win. And he's he's been coming on pretty strong as of late in the past few weeks, you know, picking up a couple wins between here and Darlington. So to me, I think, you know, Logano, Chastain, and, and Byron are probably the top three drivers in the field right now. Uh, especially Logano, he seems to be playing the hot hand right now. Chastain, he's when he's able to stay out of his own way, he can, you know, run consistently up there in the front and put himself in position for wins. Um, and then Byron, he's probably had one of the strongest years, you know, start to the seasons of his career, obviously getting multiple wins. So right now I would put them at the top as far as, as best drivers in the field, but anything can change between now and the end of the season. I mean, you know, Tony Stewart, he was a guy who he might start off the year quiet. You wouldn't see a lot of wins out of him, but once summer picked up, he heated up with it and would take off and win the championship. So a lot can change. Still got a lot of racing left to do, but it'll be interesting to see what plays out from here. And now it is time for my favorite segment of the show, our spotlight section, where we put the spotlight on drivers who were able to get solid runs in uh, the equipment they had or overcome any adversity to come away with a solid run Drivers just trying to make a name for themselves may not have come away with the trophy, but they at least came away with some eyes on them. And for the truck series, my spotlight driver is Raja Karuth. I hope I'm saying that name right. This was his debut in the truck series. 
and he was driving for Spire Motorsports in that seven truck, which has mostly been run by Hendrick Motorsports drivers. And he had a very solid day in his debut. He did have a, a spin early on in the race through turns three and four, uh, where he was trying to avoid a wreck. A car was a truck was up against the wall. He makes a quick quick move, hits the brakes, slides right through it, and is able to avoid any damage. And he would end the day in eleventh place. Uh, after spending, you know, most of the day, especially there towards the tail end, in the top 10. And Raja, to me, I mean, he's one of the top drivers in ARCA right now. He he may not have won an ARCA race yet, but he is definitely one of the better drivers in that series. I mean, you got him, Corey Heim, obviously, who's got a bright future ahead of him as well. Uh, Nick Sanchez is another solid driver in the ARCA series. Taylor Gray, he has quite a few wins as well. And... You know, if Spire Motorsports is looking to make that jump into a full-time competition in the truck series, you know, wanting to develop some tra- some talent, I-, I think Rajah would be an excellent driver to look at from the get-go. He, you know, has a, a pretty good following and, you know, has had solid runs in the ARCA series. He's come close to wins and I think would definitely be a good guy to, to develop. And, you know, it felt like watching the truck race on Saturday. It kind of felt like we're what we were watching what the truck series might look like, you know, a couple years down the road. You know, you got Corey Heim out there constantly improving, you know, starting to consistently compete for wins when he's on the track. And, you know, he's with the way the Kyle Busch Motorsports driver lineup is right now. I mean, he very well could be full time in that series next year. Raja, if given the, you know, a, a strong shot he could be you know following that line as well uh hopefully he can get some more runs in that spire motorsports truck and, and continue to sh- develop show what he can do but he is my spotlight driver for the truck series and in the xfinity series it's going to be the opposite end of the spectrum i'm going with jj yelly longtime veteran of the sport he had a uh his first top 10 at portland since 2017 in the xfinity series He's mostly running right now for the underfunded Carl Long team. And this year it's been a solid, you know, solid runs for him. He's got a a couple top 15s, top 20s under his belt this season. You know, definitely hasn't been a, you know, complete backmarker that this team is used to. JJ's definitely run good for him. They've gotten some better cars, I believe, some better equipment. And it's really showing off. JJ, he was, you know, able to keep his car clean and hang on to a solid top 10 finish. So my spotlight for the Xfinity Series, J.J. Ellie, good finish for him. Glad to see see him get another top 10. Uh, for the Cup Series, my spotlight driver is for a part-time driver, A.J. Allmendinger. This was his first top 10 on the year, finished in 10th place. You know, and it was really impressive after making the long trip to Portland yesterday. Gets the race win there after a grueling race, you know, having to overcome so much. Gets back, flies back to Gateway in St. Louis and is able to come away, you know, keep keep a clean race, just keep, you know, chipping away at that running order and get a top 10 finish. Uh, you know, it's been a rough go at it of it for him this season, running part-time for colleague. His best finish so far this season was 20th at the his first race of the season at Phoenix. So AJ able to grind out a solid weekend. He gets comes home with the trophy and a spotlight of, of getting a, a top ten finish for Spire or for College Racing, excuse me. And now let's look ahead at what race we have coming up this weekend. 
the Cup Series and Truck Series, they are headed to Sonoma. And for the Truck Series, this is their first race at the track since 1998. And that race was last won by Boris Said. So obviously somebody new is going to be going to Victory Lane in wine country. And it's going to be a pretty solid field for the Truck Series this weekend. You got Cup regulars, Alex Bowman, Harrison Burton, Austin Dillon, Ross Chastain, and Kyle Busch making starts. But you also got Jay Buford, who's going to make a start. And uh, Brad Perez, he's going to make his second career start at Sonoma. You will also have Tabo Dyn continuing his part-time season. And Parker Kligerman comes back into the starting lineup. So uh, a lot of big names there. It's going to be interesting to see who can step up and, and get the win. I, you know, I honestly don't know who to go with in this race. I, you know, just in those handful of drivers I just named, you know, you look at, at Bowman, Kyle, Kligerman, I, I think Chastain, I think all those guys are contenders for the win. But you also got your series regular, Zane Smith, coming off of his road course win from earlier in the season. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to watch, see who can come away with the victory. And on the cup side, you, uh, you got Kyle Larson defending his race victory from last year. But I feel like the team to watch, and this is just a hunch, you know, I, I feel like Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyota, they are going to be the team to watch. I feel like they got a very good shot at dominating the day. They, they seem to have really, you know, stepped up their game from where they were at the beginning of the season, seeing a little bit more consistency and running up front contending for wins uh, on their side. You got Martin Truex Jr., who's a three-time winner at the track. Kyle Busch, who's won twice. But also, I think the one to watch, mainly out of that Toyota camp, is going to be Kurt Busch. Uh, he's got a win at Sonoma. He's run 20 races there in, in his cup career, and he's finished on the lead lap 18 times. He has seven top fives, 11 top tens. He has, you know, next to Kevin Harvick, the best stats at Sonoma. So I think Kurt could could be a real threat and could easily get, you know, a second win of the season, which would be huge for him and that team as far as their playoff chances. You know, getting playoff points and able to keep moving forward through the playoff field, that would be huge for them. Uh, my dark horse to watch, I think, is going to be Eric Jones. He's been, you know, a, a silent, silently consistent on road courses, I feel like. He, he's kind of underrated in that aspect of his driving career. He has two top tens out of four starts. He doesn't have a whole lot to go off of as far as the stats go. He was able to finish 11th there last year in, in the Richard Petty Motorsports car. Obviously, this year's cars they got is, is much better. And, you know, with this next-gen car, so I think you could – be watching for him. He might give it a run, and boy, it would be something, you know, to see him get a win. I think that would flip the playoff field on its head. So a lot of things to watch out for this upcoming weekend, and it's going to be interesting to see where we stand one week from today. And that'll wrap up this week's episode of Three Wide. I thank everyone again for joining me and listening along. Be sure if you haven't already to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to your podcast from, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You can also find me at anchor.fm slash three wide three. I hope everyone has a good rest of their week and can enjoy the road course racing we got coming up this weekend at Sonoma with the Truck Series and Cup Series. And we will meet back up same time next week to go over all that went down out in Sonoma.